1: Good evening, TC. Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, all, and welcome to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's a current View with the Isle of Illsborough at Mr Terry Curran. And if you're listening to the free first half on either ACAST or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via either Apple or become a Patreon, all the W's. Patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View, or join the group which is over 3,000 members strong. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Steady away, mate. Yep, steady away like you keep saying every week. And uh, and how's things? You OK? You had a decent week? Yeah, not too bad. Um,
0: obviously, World Cup started. I, I really can't get into it, if I'm honest. Not okay. because we're played at and all the... Rigmaroles, uh, you, you know with the guitar I got the world Cup but the wildness and you know the, the coverage of everything and it,
1: I, I just can't get into all that side of it well magic moments teaser, have you sourced anything for us this week you're sounding a little bit distant see, are you doing no. are you doing the the uh, the pots and pans
0: no I did all that uh, an hour and a half ago what an hour plugged my phone in, and I didn't switch it on for charging, so if it sounds a bit distant, it's because it, it's plugged in because I'm on very little uh, uh, charge, so that's why I might sound a bit dis- distant. No, um, my really. magic
1: moment, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, obviously it's only, it's only been a couple of games so far, uh, would be uh, Graham Sueders and Roy Keane. <laughs> I thought that was br- <laughs> brilliant. But no, uh, goal-wise, I'm I'm going for the uh, Saudis against uh, Argentinian today. Superb. And England scored a couple of great goals, you know. Um, but I'm going for that uh, Al-Dewaar. Uh, was it? Dasari. al Desari, um His second goal uh, against Argentina. Came inside, bent it into top corner, you know, and uh, the first shock of the tournament.
1: There's will... always a shock, as you know. Absolutely. It was a cracking strike. Um, I've looked at a a couple. Um, I wanted to have a look because we didn't do a podcast last week. But Danny Rose, his behind you goal for Stevenage against Hartlepools. Well, Hartlepool United it used to be, of course, when Brian and, and Peter had it. Hartley pulls United, but the two merged and there's no S on the end. Have you ever been involved in in a mad goal like that where the goalkeeper rolls the ball out and the player's hiding round the post or just... And he looked as though he was actually off the pitch, but he was in the goals. Does that still count as... On the pitch, because if he was the other side of the goal and he's off the pitch, doesn't he need referee's permission to enter the field of play? I'm not too f- sure about that. Well, I'm not that. sure if
0: that's just. I'm not sure if that's um, you know when you when, when you've um, fouled and you roll and you roll off at pitch. Yeah. I think I think you need that, but I mean if you run off at pitch. Um, you can come back on. I'm sure you can come back on. But when you, when you say hide it, wait, that the goalkeeper, yeah. regardless of what anyone t- t- tells me, the yeah. goalkeeper knows he's gone past him.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right? And now, I, I remember George Best when uh, Gordon Banks threw the ball the power out of his hands. That should have really been a goal because yes. the ball's left his hands. Yep. You know. But when you roll the ball down, you, you you know that player's gone back. You should always be having a look to see where that player is, because mm. I've seen. I, I think that's about the third one now I have seen that. Uh, the one at Nottingham Forest. I know the one.
1: I'm trying to think where's the other. There's definitely. Yeah, I've definitely seen three. I think. I think. Um. I think Robbie Keane done it against Birmingham, if memory serves me right. And I think and...
0: you're right there. Yes, you're right
1: there. Yeah. He's done it. I've definitely done it. But there's definitely been there was something they did at Forest And you know, all got in forest and And didn't, while well, we're talking about George Best and the infamous, where Gordon Banks, I think it was 1971, wasn't it? And Gordon had thrown the ball up. And George headed the ball while the ball was in the air, not in Gordon Banks' hands. They didn't know what to do and they dislayed the goal. But didn't Gary Crosby do something similar for Nottingham that's Forest? That's the one. Mm. Same thing. The keeper put it down and
0: he came from behind it. That, that, that's what it was. Yeah. You know, That's the third one I've seen, uh, uh, that same type of thing.
1: And uh, also Tim Weir's goal last night for USA against Wales. I didn't realize I knew he was related to Georgie Waya but I didn't realize he was the son of George I thought the Americans started out for the first half I thought they were superb I thought they were they were fast I thought they were furious I thought they looked slick they looked they they just looked like a proper team and I thought oi oi what's going on here and I thought the way he took his goal was sublime I thought uh if i'm honest I, I,
0: I fancied the the usa to beat uh, america i really did Wales. The, yeah yeah america to beat wales
1: yeah 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 i really
0: yeah. did but like you said the first half the americans absolutely battered them yeah and, and americans have done something that you don't expect them to do tire and fit because mm. they're like the australian the australian rugby players always physically fit Always come on strong towards it, you know, because they do work on uh, the physical fitness side of it, does yeah. the Americans, mm. and they did tired. But having said that, that first staff, uh, and anybody was not played football in those countries. And I played, I played in Iran and Iraq, yeah, and Kuwait uh, football. Uh, the heat is unbelievable. Mm. And what they did, the Americans, like Manchester City, do the press. And try and win the ball, The press eye and try to win the ball back quickly. Yeah. And it takes some doing in, in, in each, so y- you can understand them uh, or feel for them that they did tire, but uh, finished up a great result for pair of them, because at the end of the day, I'm like you, I want to see Huddy's do well, but I still want to see Wales do well and all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sadly, only two can qualify from a group. We're... Obviously hoping that England qualify and that uh, I would prefer. I'd, had America not been in there, I would have liked England and Wales. But because Anthony is one of the coaches, I do want America to qualify with England. And finally, Jack Grealish's goal celebration for Finlay. There's been quite a bit on social media with young Finlay. He's a lad that's got cerebral palsy. And he wrote to Jack Grealish, and um, Jack met him. And, and he said, If I score a goal, I'll do the goal celebration for you, Finlay. And lots of people, when that sixth goal went in, must have thought, what the hell is Jack Grillish doing? But the goal celebration was for Finlay. And there's a lovely piece on the uh, England football team's Facebook page where Jack's phoned him up tonight and, uh, and he's talking to young Finlay. It's made his day. And that's what football is all about. I did post up on my socials yesterday, you know, it was a great day for Birmingham because both Jude and Jack scored. And, and I did say, as a former manager of the Central Warwicks Football League, which is a big league here in Birmingham and the West Midlands, you, you know, it's moments like that that I gave up so much of my time free to allow kids to try and play football and follow the dreams. And those two Brummies yesterday followed the dreams by scoring uh, a goal apiece for England in a 6-2 demolition of Iran
0: yeah well I mean
1: for Birmingham and the Midlands
0: it's uh, it's a great achievement two young players scoring in uh, in World Cup uh, and a result uh, I think that's it I would imagine that would have been the highest uh, first round England's ever uh, achieved was it 6-2 we disappointed that Panama the school,
1: didn't but... we we beat Panama 6-1 uh, four we. years ago yeah
0: Right, so that's how much I've I've got interested in, in, in the World Cup. So you know, I used to be like any other other guy playing football, and as a kid, mm. I would know everything everything about majority
1: teams. But like I said, this one seems a bit like a downer for me. But I think the older you get, it's slightly different as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah.
0: Because
1: yeah. when you're a kid, you remember all these well, facts. And if you ask me something, what Christmas happened...
0: and all that type of things, you know, it's not the same as when you when you were young, when you are a young kid. And so you're right, I agree 100% with you there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can remember every FI Cup final in the 70s. I couldn't tell you... Who was in the FA Cup final in the two thousands and the two thousand and tens to twenty and and, and I think that, that that kind of interest diminishes over a period of time. I think football is the greatest when you're about between seven and twelve. I think and you can you can remember it just as though it, it was yesterday. And the World Cups, uh, but I don't know, so, I still I still have I still have that feeling for it. It's only these last
0: three years. Hmm. Um, with a wonkness to, to it, what's really put me off it, yeah. You know, I, I don't even li- I, I don't watch it until it kicks off, yeah, and I do not listen to any of them because it's just the same what the TV companies have wanted them to say, you know.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to be talking uh, about the world cup and certain things a little bit later <laughs> in the podcasting topics of the week because there are one or two little points that I want to talk about. But a Book Corner in association with MyFootballBooks.com. Andy always sends us a recommendation. And this week it's Blood on a Crossbar by Reese Richards. And Rhys has written a beautiful book and a wonderful cover of the book. And it's about the 1978 World Cup finals and how politicised it was. This one looks as though it's going to run it a close second. But the 1978, I think we have mentioned it before on the podcast. But as a kid, I was 13 at the time. And I would say it was the most wonderful World Cup that I've seen. Now, when you look, eight at, World Cup. yeah, when you look at some of the games, you know, and, and then you replay them. Okay, possibly they wasn't the greatest some of those games, but it's it's the the way that the World Cup made you. Yeah, feel. but is that
0: the TV? I mean, like TV coverage now is oh, a lot. When you, look, you when yeah, you go absolutely. back to old TV coverage, it's like when we used to see the black white coverage, it was like slow, isn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, and it looked slower not slow-earth, but it looks slow compared to what when you look at five or six years ago. But even early part of Premier League doesn't look over-quick or up-to-date type of thing, does it?
1: No, I think you're right. Modern technology does put a a different slant on the game. I mean, you're watching it now in HD and in 4UK or whatever it is these days with certain people watching uh, broadcasts and, and everything is you know, for the fan now and uh, the fans' enjoyment sitting back home and watching it, which back in those days, of course. England played in 1977, didn't they? Memory serves me right, in Buenos Aires. I think we drew 1-1 and it was the first game that we watched via satellite. Do you remember that? Not No. I've got no idea. Trevor Cherry... But got no idea. Trevor Cherry scored. We drew with Argentina, one uh, one, and it, and it definitely was via satellite. But again, you know the memory banks start to erode over the <laughs> period of time because it was a long time ago. But I'll never forget, as you said, T, the ticker tape reception, particularly in the final. They did it for all the games with Argentina. But that game in particular, when they beat Holland in the final, it was unbelievable. You would almost have acted these days, they'd have cleared the pitch, they'd have got a big bloody over on the pitch, wouldn't they? And yeah. cleared it. But in those days, it was fabulous. I mean, uh, Ken Pest came to light, as, as you know. Uh, scored some great
0: goals. The Dutch scored some absolutely fantastic pole drivers from yep. 35 and 40 yards. And little Archie Gemmill scored one of the goals of, of one of the great goals of all time in the World Cup uh, for Scotland against Holland.
1: It was superb, wasn't it? Scotland were it already out, goal. wasn't they at that time? Yeah, unbelievable. And uh, did they did they beat Holland three two? They yeah. beat Holland three mm. uh, two. And if they'd have played half as well yeah. in the previous two games,
0: they qualified. Yeah. yeah. You know, because Scotland had some, they've always had some good, Scotland, Scotland's always had some good good players.
1: Absolutely.
0: Years gone by, they've had some great players.
1: It was like we're on the march with Ali's army, wasn't it? It was Ali McLeod that was the manager. And, That's right. And you're right, they had some brilliant players. But they got done um, in one game by, I think it was two Kubilas Free kicks, wasn't they? Where he bent them with his outside of his foot. And I remember taking a Wembley trophy over the park and trying <laughs> to do the same thing. <laughs> but um, we've all done that, Gabby. Sorry, we've all done that. We absolutely have, and that's what football is about: watching players and trying to do things that they've just done, and what you've seen. Immulated. Is it emulated? emulated yeah, absolutely. T. We all need heroes to look up to. While we're just in the, well, we just moved on from the magic moments, but I watched the first half of France and Kylian Mbappe has produced some moments of sublime magic, hasn't he? What a player he is. Probably the world's greatest player at this present moment in time. I don't think he
0: is no different in you know, than what Bale was. Because he's powerhouse as well as, you know what I mean? I think Great got... technique, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, but uh, when you look at him and, and Messi, probably Ronaldo, all different types of players. even Ronaldo from Messi. Oof. But, but um, Mbappe, the pace he can run with the ball is as quick uh, with the ball as, as, as without the ball. I know in general he wouldn't be, but he looks it and he, and, and he still can run with pace it still does. He still does his op- opposition and leaves him
1: yeah. for dead, doesn't it? I I would say personally, from what I've seen, um, in recent years, I would put Messi as the greatest of, of recent times, and I'd put Mbappe next to him. I think Mbappe. I,
0: I mean, I've always liked Ronaldo. Messi, I, I prefer Messi to Ronaldo, but I've always liked Ronaldo. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Great different player. Ty-
0: different types of player. Mm. Um, but if, if you if you said to me, who was best, Messi or, or um,
1: Maradona,
0: I'd go with Maradona every yeah, day.
1: Yeah, and me, me. And I would, yeah. I mean, because,
0: I mean, the things he could do with the ball, oh. Maradona, were unbelievable.
1: I mean, that, 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 um, what was it when the uh finals that he was that he was doing the warm up was it next to Cracker? Yeah. His <laughs> life is life. It was, it was what he was just mercurial. Maradona, Maradona, <clears throat> I would say the greatest in my lifetime. I think he was just incredible. But when I say in recent times, I mean like the last, say, 10, 15 years. With married and I'd always
0: go be George, but but I mean, how can you leave? How can you leave Croy? How can you leave? Z- I mean, when you put him with Z- Z- Zidane, and for a midfield player oh. and, a, and a guy that size, yeah, his technique, his technical touch was unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've been looking to see some absolutely world great players, haven't
1: we? Absolutely, yeah, and and you know, we've all got our favourites. Well, I mean, on- Ronaldo,
0: the Brazilian Ronaldo. He, Rivellino for me,
1: yeah.
0: You know, uh, Socrates, Tosca, Tosca, not Tosca, was a midfield player.
1: Well, we Falco, had, we, um, we had, we had you know, Zico as well, Zico. in eighty-two. We
0: some absolutely. <laughs> I mean, loving our our Platini, absolutely
1: magical player,
0: Unbel- absolutely unbelievable.
1: Yeah. For, you
0: know, forget- so we have we've seen some great, great, great world players. We have.
1: Absolutely. And Blood on a Crossbar by Rhys Richards. uh, The story of the 1978 World Cup finals. And we've seen some fantastic players during that World Cup. Uh, Roy Kavanagh has sent me uh, a wonderful little book. And it's the first championship of the Busby Babes and he's written about the 1955-56 season when the Busby Babes won, literally won their first championship. So, I'm looking forward to tucking into uh, to that book, TC. The Busby Babes, while well, we're talking about magical players, I mean, what a team, arguably the greatest English team of all time.
0: Well, um, I, didn't really, I didn't really see him, you know, I never saw really Duncan Edwards. I mean, what, when, when did he die? Duncan? When did he play go? 50...
1: It was 1958. 58. I was, yeah.
0: I, I was born in 55. Yeah. So I, I didn't really see him play. Mm. But obviously, when the great players talk about Duncan Edwards being a great player and the Man United team possibly being going to be one of the greatest teams of our. Jet, of. Uh, of our country, but if I've if i if I've got to go, whether I like him or whether I don't like him, Leeds United was the best team I'd seen.
1: Again, a wonderful team and that leads me nicely to into my uh, final pick of the trilogy this week. Revy's plan for Leeds United, Summer of 63 by Gary Edwards. I'll be doing a podcast with Gary uh, shortly to talk about this book. I've started reading it. It's an absolute cracker. Uh, there's lots of input from fans that was there at the time with iconic moments in the development of Leeds United Football Club because, for all intents and purposes, and for you know I'm not a lover of Don Reeve as England manager, but when you read about Don Reeve and you look at what Don Reeve did with Leeds United, you have to put him there as one of the greatest managers in club football, and rightly has. A statue uh, outside Ellen Road of him, as does Billy Bremner. What a player! Well, when you Bremner. when you look, yeah, what they should have won is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. But
0: as an England manager, it was a failure, but at league level, mm-hmm. it, it could have gone down as one of the greatest of all time. Really, when you think about it, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't win the European Cup, but they should, that team should have won it two, two, or three times, and it should have won about four more league league titles, more, more League Cups and more uh, FA Cups. It was such a great
1: team. The only thing is with that Leeds team, and this is why you can never compare because it was a different time, and, and, and I'm not saying... That teams today are any better, any worse. And my opinion is, Leeds United are the greatest team that I've British team that I've seen play football. I think they'd wipe the floor with any team that that I've seen them uh, seen. You since can't compare. You can't. But, but you bec- can't compare because because they only had a squad of fourteen, maybe 15, 16 players. As you say, to they were going for the treble. Every season, Every were, season yeah. yeah, absolutely. They were playing over 60 games, they could it have end- done it and could have done it, absolutely. It was yeah. Big time. yeah, they could have, yeah. They were very, very close and cheated out on a number of occasions, particularly yes, yeah. in Europe. But yeah. when you're looking at the modern, and this is where I'm going, why you can't compare in the modern age, you finish fourth in the Premier League, you're in the Champions League. Back in Leeds there, you had to win the league to go into the European Cup. They do yeah. have everything in the favour: the pitchers, uh, yeah, squad depth, absolutely. Uh, the rest, the
0: rest, because what anybody says, they get twice as much rest and what. I mean, the players don't train like the players did back then with, like Brenda, and like in my era, because it was it was a
1: lot of hill running.
0: You know, it's more. Yeah. Than, uh, uh, science-based training nowadays, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so... it is. Yeah. I mean, they're using the technology, which wasn't available to you guys back in your day. But in the League Cup, Leeds United played their first team. In the FA Cup, Leeds United played their first team. They played their first team whenever they could in all competitions. And that's why, for me, you can never compare. Because these days... Manchester City, for instance, have got two teams full of internationals and yeah. they and they rotate them and keep them fresh. But it is a fantastic read, Summer of Sixty Three, by Gary Edwards. And I will be making a podcast with Gary and I'm very much looking forward to talking to him about his wonderful book, Summer of Sixty Three, Revy's Plan. For Leeds United, uh, strange but true. To, I'm just going to put my glasses on here because my writing is a little bit um, small. Uh, keeper Rudy Hidden played 20 times for Austria from May 1928 before moving to play in France and becoming naturalised in that country. Returning to Vienna, Hidden uh, had a, a leg amputated in 1968. But was refused a state pension by the Austrians on the grounds that he was now a foreigner. That's bad luck, isn't it? (laughs) It it just shows you
0: how uh, governments uh, can be to their own citizens uh, at times. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's never changed because you know, choose where you are. All countries have. Foreigners and illegal immigrants going into the country, mm. but when when you fall on hard times and you go back to uh, back to your own country, you know to do that because obviously football is a job where you you know. Especially foreign players, they do like to play in other countries where the English or the British mm. have never really done it. I mean, some players have done it, don't get me wrong, but in general, you get far more foreign players coming to play uh, in other countries, not just in England, in other countries, than, than you get the British players going out playing playing. Uh, even though there's a few more go now, but it, we've never been great travellers, have we?
1: Absolutely. But in terms of Rudy Hidden, played 20 times for Austria. I mean, clearly, he gave a lot of a lot of himself to his country of birth, but when he naturalized as um, as becoming a French citizen, coming back after a leg amputation, couldn't receive a state pension. I do think that's taking it a little bit too far. Too far. Yeah. Start of the 70s. too, we're um, we're putting Duncan Mackenzie into the uh, the vault this week. Do you know where he was born, Duncan? Grimsby. Yes, you're absolutely spot on. I told you, I used to be shit off with football. <laughs> no phones in my day. You were shit at football too. <laughs> I'm on
0: about about players. That, I used yep. to know everything about the grounds, hmm. the size of the pitches and everything. You know, uh, what colours to play, in you know in way uh, What play? What, what player were this and what player were that? You didn't. You didn't think I would
1: know that one, did? Would you? No, I thought I'd just test you. What was his date of birth? do You know. Uh. Well. I, now
0: then, I'm 68, so he's going to be about 71, 72.
1: So he's going to be around about 50. Absolutely. Absolutely. 1950 he was born. No, yeah, not but, well. I'm.
0: You can't give me that in a sense because I. I know he's about two, three, yeah. four
1: years older than me. 10th, 10th of June, 1950, born in Grimsby, in 1969. Nice bloke, by the way, a very educated bloke, him, you know. I've never met Duncan. I'd like to do a, a Legends of the 70s podcast. He's about he's about nine O levels, him mean, about three or four or five A levels. Blimey. I mean, there is a book, isn't The Last Fancy Dan? We'll put it in the book corner next week and we'll we'll talk about that. But he had a, a great career. He had a lot of clubs. In fact, he had more clubs than you, too.
0: yeah yeah, you see the thing we don't technically technically great player yeah but but, you know the british the british coaches Mm. you know all they look at is is the physical side of it yeah you know if it had been allowed to go and play yeah just express himself you know you get all the players around what can do do the things and let him let him try and create it playing in average teams is always going to not he's not going to struggle but he's always going to be the one What's going to get criticised mm. Put him in a great team Put him in that Leeds United team With Brendan and them He'd have looked a superstar
1: Which you were going to go uh...
0: or, or, or Into Liverpool's team When they were at the peak He'd have been a superstar
1: Absolutely we... In
0: fact Peter Colmack Went from Forrest to Liverpool Yes If it had been Duncan If it yeah. had been Duncan McKenzie He would have been a superstar At Liverpool
1: Absolutely. He joined Nottingham Forest in 69, so he was 19 when he joined Forest. Um, stayed there till 1974, but in the early days, he was loaned out to Mansfield a couple of uh, 69-17, 72-73, 10 appearances, 3 goals, 6 appearances, 2 goals. So he's a youngster, he was loaned out. He then played for Forest, 111 times. These are just league games, scoring 41 goals. And and infamously was involved, literally, in the game, that involved Newcastle versus Nottingham Forest in 74. Yeah, where Duncan got the... He was the one that got the penalty. Pat Howard says that Duncan run into him. Duncan will probably have a different opinion. But it did result in Pat being sent off a crowd invasion. The game was replayed. Although many argue that the game should have been given to Nottingham Forest, or the game should have been played at Nottingham Forest, but it was replayed at uh, Goodison Park 0-0, 0-0, and then Malcolm McDonald scored the winning goal for Duncan McKenzie. That was his time at Nottingham Forest. Moved to Leeds United. Mm-hmm. Cluffy took him there in 1974-76. Uh, 66 games, 27 goals. So he scored quite a lot of goals for games at Leeds United. Great player,
0: Duncan, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Absolutely, technically great player he was. Mm-hmm. You know, but just one of those players. He, 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 Cluffy left, and then obviously... Because Cloughy bought him, the manager didn't really fancy him. He goes to Everton and goes and signs for a, a guy called Gordon Lee. That was never going to happen. Never going to work for him that with Gordon Lee.
1: Not that type of manager. I got an idea without researching. I got an idea. Billy Bingham bought him and then got the sack, and Gordon Lee inherited him. And I but, think that's where it went wrong because you're right. Bingham did buy him. Yeah.
0: You know, but mm. what I'm trying to say is, is it
1: Everton? Yeah.
0: With, with, with Gordon Lee, Lee comes in, uh, don't want to play him. No. Bingham did buy him. 100% yeah. right there, yes. SRB Media. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.